<laughs> Hello, emerging writers. Welcome. We're so glad that you could join us today as we sip tea and discover our inner storytellers. My name is Stephanie, and I'm joined by my best friend, Kayla, and my sister, Jordan. Hello. Hi. As we cuddle up on our blanket fort and sip tea this week, we'll be discussing how to structure stories, the importance of the narrator, and the impact of the author's voice on the story. To start us off, let's talk about what composes the structure of a story. Kayla, would you like to get us going with that? Yeah, so story structure is can be broken down into two main aspects. And one is the story, which is the underlying factors that drive it forward, the reasoning, the why, the emotions. And the other is the plot, which is just the events that actually happen. And so you need both the reason behind it and the factors behind it and also things to actually happen in your story. Structure is really important because otherwise you just kind of have this blob of stuff that you kind of have in mind. It's like having all of your main ideas that you want to have happen, but not knowing how to put it together. Mm -hmm. So you have to link everything so that the story goes through its arc. Yeah, I think that's super important. When I'm writing, I try to make sure that there's a definite driving force in a direction because if you just have a bunch of nonsense sitting on your page and a bunch of disconnected things, it's not very enticing to read, I think. And it's really kind of messy if you don't have a goal or something you're working toward. I find that really squashes my inspiration if I don't have a goal. Yeah, finding the balance between it all and tying it all together is really important because if I don't watch myself, I'll find myself have a lot of reasons and motivations and feelings and just pages of feelings and thoughts. <laughs> and then I'm like, when was the last time a thing happened? Where's the action? Ah, 20 pages ago. That's a problem. <laughs> when was the last time she wasn't crying or drinking coffee? When was the last time I wasn't crying or drinking coffee? <laughs> Art reflects life, Stephanie. <laughs> so... <laughs> Today we're going to talk about or briefly go over the different types of uh, like structuring your story. Uh, before we move on to that, I just want to go over the difference between story structure and story arcs because your story structure is the way everything is put together and your story arc is going to be that like hump of Here's where we start. Here's where it really starts to take off. Here's where you've hit your pinnacle. And then now you're finishing your story. Stuff like that. Mm. Yes? I was stretching my neck. Oh, okay. I didn't <laughs> know if you were like shaking your head. I'm like, um, I don't know if she's right about that. <laughs> like, maybe you're not correct on this, Stephanie. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying before I got derailed, Kayla, um, <laughs> So the, the story arc is made up of the plot and then the sequence of events. So it's similar to the story structure, but just has slightly different elements composing it. Anyway, now that that's out of the way, let's move on to talking about the different types of story structures that people use to help themselves tell their stories. Who would like to cut in for that since I've been talking so much? <laughs> Yeah, one of the most well-known uh, structures is the hero's journey, which was developed by Joseph Campbell in the 1960s. It's really popular with a lot of Greek myths and in a lot of our modern modern day stories and very widely used. 
and there's uh, seven main points to it, which is the ordinary world. So you're introducing the world of the hero and it's one that's similar to real life, typically, and their <laughs> home base and they're just an average Joe. And then you have the call to adventure, which is some out external plot point or person introducing them to this world of adventure or mysticism and you have the refusal of the call which is like no thank you <laughs> no thank you no thank you <laughs> take your magic take your adventure take your gold and shove it <laughs> which i feel like is the least realistic part of this i don't know <laughs> i feel like it's really hit or miss for me because there's definitely stories that don't have a refusal of the call where i'm like mm, would you really wa walk into that death trap <laughs> and then there's ones where it's like oh what are you doing no one would say no to that <laughs> i think this plot point is definitely really how you write it yeah, yeah. and a begrudging hero is kind of an interesting take but it's pretty commonplace yeah, I feel like. Yeah. Anyways, then you have meeting the mentor, which is pretty expected. And a mentor can be really great for filling in plot and exposition and giving the character a lot of like level ups without much justification for it. Because they're like, oh, but they trained. <laughs> uh, Get that training montage in. Yeah. Wax on, wax off. <laughs> uh, the original Star Wars is just a huge hero's journey pretty cut and paste i'm not a huge star wars fan so i'm like hesitant to talk about any of it but meeting yoda and having that training aspect really i think is a good example of meeting the mentor and how you have someone knowledgeable of the world who gives you a bunch of equipment and training and then suddenly you're ready to go and you're a proper hero and that's pretty commonplace in a story that follows the hero's journey. Most movies actually will follow either the hero's journey or the three-act formula. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I just remember very vividly in sixth or seventh grade, my writing or English teacher was like, I'm going to teach you the hero's journey for one class and we're going to spend the rest of the week watching a Star Wars. The, I don't even know what the first one's called. Not a big enough <laughs> Star Wars fan. But we did watch all of that movie for a week in that class, and it will forever be tied to the hero's journey for me. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> that was a man who did not want to teach sixth graders that week. <laughs> I wouldn't want to teach sixth graders any week. In, no. in my senior year of high school, mm -hmm. I took AP English, and for the last month or so, I mean, it, it was a class of seniors – we're all tired. The teacher was retiring. She's tired. <laughs> She's like, do you want me to teach you college essay writing more? <laughs> or do you want to analyze movies? And so we're like, well, let's do a little bit of writing because we're all going to go to college. But yeah, let's watch some movies. <laughs> so we did that for the last like three weeks of my senior term. It was a lot of fun. We watched a movie in class and then we had to like analyze it together of how it fit the formula and stuff like that. I think that's really fun. And it's a really good exercise for writing because movies are just kind of a different type of story, you know, so it's more visual accesses of different kind of your brain sort of. So I, I like to do analyzing the movies. I just watched and seeing what little uh, 
arcs they follow or what new twists they bring. I also find that when it comes to creativity, because I do writing, I do graphic design, I do illustration, various odds and ends, uh, the biggest inspirations to me are never in that medium. I'll find inspiration for like art through music or find inspiration in writing through analyzing movie plot. And I feel like just as a creative person, it really benefits you to uh, be a like viewer, reader, etc. of a wide variety of creative art and storytelling. Mm-hmm. And you'll find more inspiration that way than if you only dive into the medium that you're creating. Yeah, yeah. It behooves you as a writer to branch out in your media intake and your knowledge intake, because the more you know about a bunch of different things, the more you can incorporate little bits of things into your writing and make it more realistic. Yeah, and develop Mm -hmm. your own sort of individual style. Yeah. Yeah, because you're not going to develop it if you don't have anything to draw from. That's just how human beings work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, We stepped quite a bit of ways the hero's journey but i'm only halfway through (laughs) sorry so to recap there's the ordinary world call to adventure refusal of the call meeting the mentor and then there's crossing the threshold which is where the hero fully steps into the magical world so this is uh leaving home and leaving the ordinary world behind you and stepping into that heavy action magic plot Finally taking on their their call to heroism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really embracing the role of hero and, and adventure and moving forward with that identity. And then you have tests, allies, and enemies. And this is just the lump sum of however long that action takes before you get to yeah, the climactic middle chunk. Yeah. yeah. You just lump it all in where there's testing your skills, gaining allies, gaining enemies, all of that like build up. Getting you ready for the next step of mm-hmm. starting to make your way towards that big problem. Yeah, because with the hero's journey, there's really the climactic end enemy often. And that's not as interesting if you haven't faced a lot of lesser enemies. Mm-hmm. And then you have approach to the innermost hate. Which we just talked about, the Mm -hmm. moving towards that big ordeal, which is the step after that. And then once you finish, once you overcome that ordeal, you get your reward, and then you go back home. A changed person. I was going to say man-woman, and then I was like... (laughs) A changed man-woman. A changed (laughs) man-woman. Oftentimes, this will also involve the road back being a stretch of that journey, and the there being difficulty to getting back home, getting back to the mundane world afterwards. Uh, Gosh, what's the classic Greek myth? Odysseus? Well, all of his story is getting back home. That's his whole journey. Uh, No, but I feel like it's uh, Odysseus is an interesting story to to think about for the road back because it's interesting to think about after the grand battle or war or whatever there being all of these difficulties in getting back to your home base and incorporating aspects of that or like a shorter version of that into the plot can be really interesting i think that's interesting because a lot of things especially now they kind of just tie everything up with a little bow and you're like oh okay well we won and that's that and they don't really go into anything on how they got back to normal i think there's a reason for that though because 
within the bulk of our media, we don't necessarily care about all of the downtime. Like we don't want an abundance of it. You're there for the little bits of action that move the plot along and all of that downtime doesn't usually do anything. Unless you're reading fanfic. <laughs> no, I was like having little bits of action within the second half within getting back to the world. Like, I think that's interesting to not have to not have it be like smooth sailing all the way back once you've defeated the big bad. I think I don't know of many stories that that's a long enough like sequence for there to be things that happen. It's usually like, okay, we're done now and time skip we're home because this is the end and nothing else is going to happen because we've already defeated the thing. So in theory, I think your idea is interesting. I would be interested to see it play out in a way that is still attention grabbing because you've kind of wore everyone out by that point because you've just like hit your climax and now you're resolving. I'm struggling to think of the names of any of the books I've read but uh, maybe not in a one book hero's journey. Can I think of this example? So maybe it was a bit of a tangent, but I've read quite a few series that incorporate the like road back home and incorporate challenges there even after the big climax of what they were originally questing after. But I just, none are coming, like they're on tip of my tongue and it's driving me crazy <laughs> you'll remember at three in the morning you'll wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat and you'll be like oh, that's it I've come up with a new stephanie bring the recording stuff back <laughs> i have something to add come here right now <laughs> so getting back on track because we're really bad about that uh similar to the the hero's journey is something called the story circle. Uh, gosh, do you guys remember who came up with the story circle? It's it's a more more recent one. I have no than, idea. I don't think I've heard of that one. Uh, Dan Harmon, that's who it is. So he does a lot of cartoon TV shows, hmm. that sort of stuff. It's basically a more simplified, more generalizable version of the hero's journey. So instead of having the very specific things of they're in the ordinary world, because not all stories start out in the ordinary world, mm -hmm. or maybe they don't necessarily meet a mentor, that sort of stuff. So it's broken down into less steps and it starts you off with the character in their comfort zone, in a state of ordinariness for them, and you need to establish that so you know what the difference is between how they start and how they finish. And it has them start out wanting something. And I've watched or listened to uh, some lectures by uh, Brandon Sanderson. And he's gone over this sort of stuff where when you start your story, you need to start your character off wanting something so that they're immediately trying to meet some sort of goal. So this fits with that also. The next step is they end up entering into some sort of unfamiliar situation. They have to adapt to it and they eventually get what they want, but they pay some sort of heavy price. And then that's kind of where things like go downhill for them to then get back up when they return to their familiar situation, but changed from before. That one, I think, fits a lot of 
the fantasy stories I read nowadays where they start out in their ordinary place and they're seeking something and then something happens and they go through the roller coaster. Um, gosh, what other genres usually stick to this sort of formula? What sort of formula would you say romance sticks to? Oh, man, I, I haven't analyzed it. Yeah, I haven't analyzed it. the... It just depends because some people write it where they just don't really struggle and then there's so many little subcategories of types so it's hard to say what exact formula they follow do you think Um, that would fit more of the seven point arc because then it's like a series of events that just happen and it's not necessarily uh structured to create that arc of progression i want to try to summarize most romance stories that i read or consume into arcs because i feel like well i just was like i think i could boil it down and then i felt the want to <laughs> do it okay okay boil <laughs> it. i looked like i wanted to talk for a while as they were continuing their discussion because <laughs> i bumped my mic and i was not looking at kayla <laughs> um yeah so normally it introduction it introduces either one character or both characters depending on if it alternates plot or not so you it shows point of view yeah point of view goodness i said plot yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it introduces the lead or both leads and their normal life and how they're single and sad about it yes no. yes <laughs> Always. and then they meet and uh they either um, they immediately find the people the other person attractive but normally there's a little bit of like i don't know if they're right for me or i don't know if that's a good guy or whatever <laughs> a little He's bit of struggle yeah <laughs> and then they're like but he's a hot jerk. Yeah. Oh, and then man, I want to bone him. <laughs> and then something from their ordinary life brings them to reconnect again, whether that's like a job thing or a, or a friend or family or however they meet, they stumble across each other again and then just have this continued ongoing, either like dating or series of like coming across each other again. And oh, that's him. And then they bang and then they find a reason why they wouldn't work or a reason why the other person didn't like them even though they slept with them and then there's a moment of conflict with that either being internal or being like I can't see them anymore and then they come back together and realize that they they are right for each other after all and then they have more sex and whatever the side plot is happens and that gets resolved and then they get resolved and then it ends usually with them getting married yeah, that sounds about accurate. I've read like probably like seven books in the last week. That's basically what happened in all of them. They were kind of like overarching stories, but a lot of oh. the romance I read is also like urban fantasy romance or sci-fi romance or straight fantasy romance. And so it's like that plot point is happening as there's also a very loose uh i would say the story circle is a good one where that's happening with the sci-fi or the or the fantasy or whatever as the the romantic plot structure is happening so like it introduces both of them in in their comfort zone and then one of them is after something or has a fantasy problem or magic or they stole an object a magical object or they're an alien on the run or whatever and then they enter into an unfamiliar situation as they're getting to know each other and dating or having sex 
they adapt to it and get the fantasy or sci-fi plot point thing that they wanted after the heavy price and the heavy price is when there's also the like, oh, but he doesn't really want me or we're not good for each other. I can't see him anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And then they return to their familiar homes separately, sad and alone, in love with each other. And then they rekindle and get married. I was sitting over here wondering how the heck I have managed to not find romance stories with that sequence of events. I was like, they never even have sex in mine. <laughs> and, oh my God. You're not reading romances, I Stephanie. read so much trash. You're not reading romances at all. <laughs> and I was like, how have I been, how is, what are the odds, you know? Like, <laughs> you guys have read seven in the past week. How have I not found any? And then you said sci-fi or urban fantasy. And I was like, oh yeah, I like historical fiction. They can't have sex. <laughs> that'll, that'll do it. I I went through a series a couple years of my life where I read a whole lot of vampire romances Mm, and so it's like yeah it's a lot of sex and and a a lot of like I can't be with the demon of the night (laughs) (laughs) like melodrama and then I got sick of that so I read like sci-fi which is a lot of he's an alien but he's hot (laughs) He doesn't look gross. And then I realized I hate reading only straight romance. And so I started reading a lot of fan fiction, which is the same exact shit, except they're gay. I read most of my romance through fan fiction because I look for very specific things. Mm -hmm. And fan fiction is nice in that you can be like, I need him to have blue hair this time, even though he does (laughs) not canonically have blue hair. I need him to have blue hair. And then the other guy needs to have his nose pierced and i need that story yeah and i need him to be a tattoo artist and you can find it i am a really obsessive person so if i consume media and i'm like yeah i love this world and i love these two characters but i would love it more if they're together i'll find one good fanfic that has them together and then i'm like that's good let me read 30 more please yes three thousand of them so i burn myself out Okay, I'm going to make a plea right now to everyone. So, I'm ready. I'm I'm going to one confess to a, a genre I like. Yes, do it. That Bring I can on your only trash. find in fan fiction. I know it exists in literature, but I can't find any stories where the description fits what I want. And there's some like animes that have it. They really like it in anime, <laughs> but anime has its own trophy I'm problems. so curious about what's happening and what you're about to confess (laughs) give it to us i'm gonna make it sound so bad uh so the like gentleman thief whole idea i really like it but i need it to be from the perspective of a heroine that is independent and like not necessarily sucked into him right away and that is not as common Mm. in published literature at least from my searchings and uh Yeah, so if anyone knows any stories like that, please let me know, because I want it. Well, one of these days, I'm going to write you a book. (laughs) Thank you. Once I read a printed, like, published novel of a, like, lady thief who, like, pretends to be someone else. It was a while ago. I think it was called Fingersmith. Mm, That sounds weird. It was a lady, like, rogue 
who's pretending to be this royalty and then her romantic interest was this lady who was like noble or good or a handmaiden or some it was really gay and it had a lady rogue in it and (laughs) all i want is a thousand more books like that it has a movie oh what a 2005 movie my, my, my. Is it a crime novel by genre since since uh, Thief? Yes, it is. Ah, okay. Okay. An orphan raised in a den of thieves uh, is sent to help Richard Rivers, a gentleman, seduce a wealthy heiress. And then the other one, Maud, was orphaned at birth. Her mother died in an asylum and she's never known her father. It was, it was really mm-hmm. clear. <laughs> okay. Okay. I need to reread it. I've decided. I'll see if Amazon will give it to me for free because I'm prime. Mm, Yes. Like ebook or something. I never read books and think Stephanie might like the style and world, but you might like the style and world. Yes. We found a recommendation. It's historic (laughs) and it has a a theme. Yeah. Mm. When you were saying the thing about piercings and blue hair, I was like, oh no, that's that's basically what I've been reading this week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because there was... There was uh, some some band related stories and some <laughs> tattoo artist related stories. <laughs> gotta uh, have that tattoo artist. He's gotta be cool, yeah. cold, yes. calculating, uh-huh. closed off. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Broody. Yes. Mm. I hate it. I hate it all. <laughs> I hate I, the broody male. I hate them in real life, but I love them in fiction. Oh, I <laughs> Give hate me them in both. all of the broody bad guys. I'll love them all. Look, if it's a bad guy, I'll understand it more. But when he's my like side protagonist thrown at me for my character to fall in love with, I'm like, honey, you can do so much better. Please just say no and walk away. And then when he comes chasing, tell him no, because you found something better. I mean, if you look at... Um, Kayla, nineteen to twenty-one. You'll see that she liked broody, terrible men, but now I just like them in fiction. Yeah, let's not. We don't need to bring up Kayla's taste in men from years past. Get rid of them all. Yeah. Well, speaking of men, what I read also this week was several reverse harems, so you can have (laughs) the broody Ah. gentleman. And all the other types of gentlemen and bang them all. (laughs) Very good. Those are fun. Yeah. Mm. That was one that I read. It was kind of a high school bullying weird thing, but the characters were pretty interesting. It was fun to read. I just realized that I read years ago a fantasy reverse harem book series all about this fairy uh, heiress and I need to recommend them to yes. you, Jordan, because you would really enjoy them. Yes. I'm super excited. It's super trashy. Yes. My favorite. So, <laughs> uh, I believe before we started recording, you mentioned that you are pretty well-versed in the seven-point story arc, Jordan. Oh, yes. Should, That's we, what... should we get back on track? <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, the seven-point story arc is what I ultimately decided to use for my fan fiction that I've been working on. I looked into some of the others, and they just had too many specific points that I didn't really want to use or didn't have a place for. So I decided on this one because it was more basic. The points of it are 
the hook and that's the thing that starts the story and draws the reader in yeah draws the reader in like I started mine like in a ordinary world situation you know showing the background and then showing you why you want to read the story and what's interesting about them and then it moves on to the first plot point which is the call to action and that's them deciding they need to make a change and do something or like their first hint that something needs to happen. Then you move on to the pinch point. That's putting pressure on the characters and forcing action to happen. So like where they may have been indecisive before, now they have to make a decision and have to do the thing. Then you move on to the midpoint, and that's moving from reaction to action. So they're not just reacting to whatever's going on anymore. They've made a decision. They're going to do the thing they need to do. And after that, that kind of is the middle of the story. And they move on to the second pinch point, which is where they lay on the pressure and the hero is on his or her own and they have to figure out how to get there. It's like basically the middle, the journey, the training sort of. And then after that, there's the second plot point, which is getting the last piece of the puzzle. So whatever it is that they need for them to succeed, they need to get that in that little last chunk. And then there's the resolution, which is when they win. So it's not exactly as up and down as the hero's journey and it's not quite as focused on like the climax and like the little steps in between but more broad and kind of open. So I applied it to my Marvel fanfic and used it to work the story so that I kept momentum. That's why I was wondering if romance typically fits this structure better because I mean sometimes there's like There's that climax. But the only ones I can think of where it really kind of hits that sort of stuff is with movies. And like I said, Mm -hmm. movies will usually go with the hero's journey or the three-act formula, which also has that, like, hump for the sake of time because we're running pretty long. Uh, I'm going to kind of briefly go over a couple others types of structure. So we have the, I think it's called the Fictian Curve and uh, In Media Res. And both of those start you kind of in the middle of action and then build up from there to get to your climax. So the uh, circle where it starts you with like the character wanting something, this one starts you off in action. So you're not bogged down by what built up to there. Mm-hmm. So it gets you hooked right away. And then the three-act formula, I feel like, is pretty well known at this point. So the first act has to do with introducing everything, setting up characters, introducing the like seeds of the conflict that are going to happen. And then in act two, you have characters start growing and conflict starts happening for them to start butting heads and you start working up towards that escalation to the climax. And then in Act 3, it's kind of the resolution of everything and you head back down. So really, they're all very similar in what they expect to happen. Like every single one starts you out with your character at like a a starting point and then they need to move forward. They usually will want something because that makes it more character driven. And then something unusual happens and they have to go through this journey and you hit a climax that everything has been building up to and then you kind of resolve after that. And most everything will hit that basic plot point. So as long as your story hits that sort of arc, it should keep the pace pretty well. I guess the the hard part is figuring out how to maintain that throughout with all of the little conflict points. Yeah, I think that's kind of something you have to balance the plot points with 
your character arc mm-hmm. points and you have yeah. to make sure to figure out both of those so you can have them work together well and find things so it's not just plot driven or just character driven you have a push and pull with both of them mm-hmm I really enjoy when the plot starts a little bit into it, like beginning in the rising action, like in media res that you describe. But the character arc and the character growth begins kind of at square one. Mm-hmm. Um, I like books yeah. that start you in the action, but the character is still kind of like a piece of shit and isn't good yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, And to see the growth of becoming a good person or a better person or whatever that arc is as the plot's already progressing I enjoy I think slow starts and like setting the scene with what the world looks like in the character's ordinary life I like it when it's done well but oftentimes for me I feel like it isn't done well yeah that can definitely be the case it's an easy place to lose readers if it's not if it doesn't draw you in enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can definitely go too far into setting up a scene. I had to ch- cut a large chunk out of mine when I went back to add more to the beginning. Because I was like, oh, we're like 20 pages in and nothing's really happened. So I'm going to have to rework this because I put in too much initial story. <laughs> Part yeah. of that first draft, though, is mm-hmm. you figuring out what the story even is. And you're going to have a lot of setting yourself up in scenes. And then when you go back, you're just going to have to get really used to admitting to yourself, this needs cut. Yeah, like, because it's I'm glad it I had this, but not everybody needs to read this chunk. It's, it's probably one of the hardest skills of a writer to cut out things that you like. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, because yeah. you just want to share it because it hit you somewhere and made you feel good. That's probably a topic for another day. <laughs> My whole draft, I uh, restarted two years further along in the character's life. Because I realized I was setting the scene too much and it was just such a slow build up. And my new one, I started after a whole arc of action and plot that's now backstory. And I think it's like plot points and story arcs where you're starting in the middle of action can be really compelling because you can use some of the setup you had thought up as backstory to kind of tie tie in their past. Mm-hmm. When trying to figure out the structure of your story, I think sometimes, and I believe we've talked about this a little bit when we first started the podcast, but you can get bogged down with driving your plot forward and the characters can kind of get lost. So some stories are very plot driven and some stories are very character driven. Do you guys have an opinion on which one you think is more compelling? I really like character-driven stories. I'm always compelled by the characters, by the emotion and the feeling and the relationships and the connection. Whereas stories that are really plot-heavy can feel a little bit too dry to me. Mm-hmm. But they they can be done well. Yeah, I feel the same. A lot of what I enjoy in stories is the characters and the emotions. It's really what speaks to me. I don't know if it's just my personality type or... Kayla and I have a similar personality. So, because that's definitely not the case for my husband. He hates when there's a story and it's too focused on romance or character building. He just wants to see what action's going to happen. But I would definitely say that character driven things are my favorite and I don't really enjoy it when there's too much outside plot. Yeah, sometimes I'll read a fantasy book and I'll just skim past the action scene or the fighting or the battle. I'm like, hmm. I don't need to read this. I'll figure out what happens in the aftermath. <laughs> I have, oh, look, they're hurt. Huh. <laughs> How did that happen? 
I have a hard time, especially with fan fiction, finding things. I always have to do like alternative universes or something because I don't just want to rehash of whatever the battle was, especially with like Harry Potter, because I I don't want to read Voldemort's thing over and over and over to me. It's not very fun. So yeah, I read almost exclusively like alternative universes because I'm like, I don't want to read about the war. Like, don't I don't want me sad cry. things to happen. Just get these characters better. <laughs> yeah. I think when you're doing a, a plot-driven story, there's this fine line that needs to be found because you don't want your characters reacting to everything. You want proactive characters because those are who are compelling. So you need to figure out how to make it seem like it's more character-driven than it is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the most important part about having a plot-driven story is for the characters to be interesting and compelling enough that the reader uh, cares enough to read through all of the plot and ups and downs and stay engaged in it. Because with a character-driven piece, the engagement comes from the emotional investment. Whereas with a plot-driven piece, the plot has to be really well done, but you also have to be emotionally invested. Because even if you're reading a really compelling plot, if you don't care, then you don't care. Yeah, if the characters, if you don't care if they die or if they win, it's not going to give you many readers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, we were going to try and squeeze in some other stuff, but it looks like we rambled a bit too much. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think also when figuring out your story, figuring out how you're going to write it all, your tone and your narrator is something you're going to want to keep in mind because that helps set up how everything's going to play out and some of them fit together better than others or typically go together more so than others. But we've run out of time. So I'll pass the question off to you guys now. What story structure do you prefer using when you're writing? And do you think it's more compelling when a story is plot-driven or when it's character-driven? We all seem to think that character-driven stories tend to be more compelling for us but is that different for you guys? Join us on our Facebook group, Writers Emerging, or follow us on Tumblr, Instagram, and Twitter. Links is always in the description. We look forward to seeing you next week.